All right, in five, four, three, two. Welcome to another episode of Knives Monroe versus the podcast. I'm Knives Monroe. How you guys doing? Hopefully you're doing well. I'm here with a dear friend, good buddy of mine, J.R. Molina, who's been on the show. I've lost count, and he's one of my favorite guests to talk to. And J.R., how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just got done with my, uh, my morning walk, you know? Awesome. See, you're already you're already ahead on you know than I am. Like, uh, just to kind of lay the table out for for the listeners, how often do you hear two grown men talk about their their struggles when it comes to losing weight, their struggles when it comes to eating, and the mind fuckery that ensues after that fact? Probably not very often. Men aren't necessarily inclined to talk about those things. It's just not. There's no safe space for it. I'll just be honest. So, uh, full disclosure: Jr. and I um, text each other privately, and we're just trying to hold each other accountable in this weight loss journey. And it's a variety of factors. You know, it's it's we're not the 19 year olds that we once were. So maybe there's that, but also there's a discipline factor, and there's like a quarantine thing. You know, like we don't have our commute necessarily, and so you really now's the time to start putting in the effort in. So we're holding each other accountable via text. And he thought it'd be a good idea to come on the podcast and, and kind of air out what's going on in our minds and maybe, be, maybe you know, put this full transparency out there so we can help each other, help one another, maybe help some, a listener that's out, that's out there, probably a guy. You know, you don't have to be a guy, but, um, you know, if you're a woman and, and, and you can fuck with this, you know, please reach out. That'd be awesome. It would mean a lot to me. But for all the men out there that don't feel comfortable talking about their weight or like maybe taking their shirt off in a public place or it goes deeper. It goes way deeper. Um, this conversation is going to be about that. So, JR, um, how about contextually you tell me where you're at, where you've been and how you're feeling? OK, so um, as a. Uh as you know, but maybe not the listeners, you know, I've been struggling with, uh, I wait for as long as I can remember. Like, uh, I was listening to your, your podcast, you know, your re-upload and it was so illuminating because we were just having a conversation and I was like, wait, is, now I said this was old, but I feel like we were just talking about this and it just kind of shows you the cycle that goes on, you know? So like, I remember heading into high school, my freshman year, uh, we had to get like a physical, right? Or get our like last shots or whatever. And, uh, I weighed myself and I was 268. And that number and that number stuck in my head. And the doctor also said I have like pre like hypertension. And I was like, shit, like that's scary. So I think that year I dropped about 40 pounds, maybe a little bit more. And if I was disciplined, <laughs> maybe that would have been the end of it. But uh, by my senior year of high school, I was already up to 270 again. And in three months, I dropped 60 pounds, and I'd gotten to the lightest I had ever been that, that year, uh, 2010. I had gotten down to, like, 196. And uh, by 2013, uh, I was over 300 pounds. And I'm not sure, like, what happens, you know? But I dropped the weight again. I got down to 50, which isn't even, like, a low weight. It was just lower than where I was, you know. <laughs> how, and then, how, um, how tall are you, just relative to the listeners, so they can kind of put that oh, together? Yeah, I'm like I'm five ten. Five ten. I'm five ten as well. One of us is probably going to be shorter than the other because five ten is just everybody's fucking five ten. I feel, but um, <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like everyone's five nine or five ten. Yeah, <laughs> so what I know for sure. Um, five ten. 
and at your yeah. most you were 300 pounds what year was that uh, it was 2013 i remember kind of it no it's like weird because i had these like moments where i stepped on the scale you can't run away from it like i remember in sixth grade uh, we had to do a physical in front of our whole classmates and i stepped on the scale and i was 208 pounds and that weight stuck with me what what grade and was this sixth grade sixth grade 208 pounds yeah you know, so on this note, like, I, I think it's worth saying this because, you know, this is it's going to be like Shrek. We're going to be peeling the onions back and back. But hold on to where you're at because I like that you're setting this. And I'll try to do the same. This, this is very difficult for me to – I know I'm open and honest, but it's very difficult to have these conversations because it fucking hurts. It's painful. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can get to 270 pounds, which is the heaviest I've ever been without being in some sort of pain and that's what, what we'll talk about but i will say so i grew up with like three i won't say who they are nugget was one of them but i grew up with three friends in middle school high school who to me were the fat guys they were the fat guys but i i think i can look back and say man i think i was always one of the fat guys too but i just you know, I would rib them and I'd kind of make fun of them. And so even you just saying that he got to 300 or in sixth grade you were 200, I hear that. And not that I've ever identified or walked around mentally thinking I'm a thin guy. I don't walk around with that. Even when I was at my thinnest, I walked around like I was morbidly obese. I, f I felt that way in my brain. But we'll get into body dysmorphia later. Um, but I, I hear that and I think, whoa, dude, you so you were like a fat kid at a very early age. And it's weird because even just saying that, it sounds like I'm opting out. Like I can hear that. I can hear like it sounds like I'm pointing fingers. But when I look back, I mean, I was a chubby guy. My mom would take me to Kmart or Sears or whatever and we'd, we'd husky, like hearing this when she'd shop for me, husky, like it hurt. You know, and so I, I, insecurity stems from that at such a at such a young age. So what I just want to draw a line in the sand and say, wow, like it still affects me to this day where sometimes I'll look at a video and a photo and I'm like, dude, I'm fucking fat. Like I'm, a, I'm an obese motherfucker. And it's like, how did that happen? Because I don't sometimes feel that way, which could be part of the the delusion or like the the, the denial there. Perhaps I, I don't know. How, just to kind of put this exclamation out there, rhetorically speaking, like, how do I not even feel that way or know that, you know? Like, I hear you say that you were 200 in sixth grade. You know, how did you feel when you were in sixth grade? Did you wear that? Like, did you feel, like, how tall were, could you have been in sixth grade, too? Like, how, how, how do we let this happen at such a young age? And I want to say we, because... Look, from this day forth, I'm I'm a fucking I've been a fat guy my entire life. I feel I just I just was in the closet. Yeah, no, and and it's interesting hearing you say that you always had, uh, like a, a fatter friend, right? And I uh, didn't yeah. always have that luxury. Mm. <laughs> and I remember sixth grade, the second fattest kid in the class, he latched on to the number I was at, and then he he tried to give me the nickname two hundred eight, which was the weight I was at. And uh, mm. fortunately, it didn't like stick on because kids kind of liked me and they didn't want to pick on me mm. but um it kind of like left this like little scar i guess <laughs> but um you know, not enough to like ever like lose the weight especially at that time because i just enjoyed eating way too much yeah but uh, um it stuck with me you know and um and you know since freshman year of high school i've just been up and down like i've been as low as like 
29 since my fresh my senior year of high school and i've been as high as you know maybe like 260 or something you know mm. i mean like i, I kind of messed up i was high as like 300 you know like i was saying but i meant after that moment because like i never got above 300 again which is like one of the few things i'm really proud of in my weight loss journey yeah. is that i never got that bad again so like i always kind of want to beat myself up but like i actually lost 50 pounds and it never like came back you know like yeah. like i can say for sure that's that's true that's good so a couple things here um number one how did you lose weight in high school so fast because let's be honest it doesn't sound to me like you could have done it in a healthy way oh and i and i did it and like the weird thing is i have these like vlogs and i can see like in my eyes just how depleted i was as i was losing weight because i was probably realistically eating like 700, 800 calories of food, which is like nothing. And I was working out like a madman. I was doing jujitsu. I was doing uh, like an hour of running. Mm. I, 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 There was this one video that made me cringe and I had to turn it off where I was saying I was trying to lose 10 pounds a week, you know, because I had lost 40 pounds in a month. And I was like, I want to keep that momentum. And I was just sound like a crazy person who didn't know what school? the heck he was doing. In high school? You know? What's, what year was this? High school, yeah. My, I, uh, 20, 2010, 2011, yeah. That's insane. That's insane, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I say you're, I mean, uh, what year in high school were you in? I was a, I was a senior. I was a uh, seventeen years old, I guess. Yeah. Jesus, that's way too much pressure. I mean, look, I, I, my listeners know I, I made a movie about bulimia. I made a movie about an eating disorder, and so the writing process was about a year. But I had spent five years writing it, if you count the, you know, the toxic relationship I was in, where. I dated a, a girl who, who was bulimic, man, and I, and I, I don't really like to go there because I made a movie about it, kind of left it all in the ring, so to speak. But I was in the bathroom with her once when she was making herself throw up. It, it was one of the most traumatizing moments of my life. You know, I couldn't get her to stop. And I used to. This goes back to, there was always fatter friends, so hence even more. I never looked at myself in the mirror in that way. And then I was dating a bulimic, my first big high school girlfriend from 16 to 20. So during these formative years, like I'm thinking, well, I don't have a problem. She has a fucking problem. Right. Um, and so I used to hearing what you're saying, hearing that story of being 17 and dropping 40 pounds and being like, I need to lose more at that speed, which, by the way, it sounds like you're at such a caloric deficit. You're probably burning 3000 calories a day or more, yeah. not, not counting what your intake, right? So I think, I hear you say this, and it hurts me the same way it hurt me when I was 17, watching my girlfriend hurt herself to be thin, or more importantly, <laughs> to not be fat, right? Like, yeah. it, it really, I have never recovered from that mind fuck of, of, of what, sh, you know, our relationship was, because that was like a, that was like dating her, and I loved her, dating her was like dating two people so it was like dating a demon and her because I, I had to confront her consequences every fucking day i lost 70 pounds in one summer going from 240 to 170 i lost 70 pounds by accident i did this backyard wrestling video and my friends were like dude look how skinny you are and i was like oh my god like how did that happen i didn't know how it happened because I was so in my head, I wasn't trying to lose weight, you know, I just stopped eating, I stopped eating, I remember 
um, walking to my friend's house and he had some pizza. He's like, hey, you want some pizza? And I had this thought where I was like, dude, when was the last time I ate? But I wasn't hungry. And I had the thought, I should eat a slice because I haven't ate in like three days. Like I have not ate. Like I remember having that one thought, but by then I had already lost 60, 70 pounds. So I too didn't lose it in a healthy way, but I also didn't know. I didn't know. So I, I never even got to reap the benefits of like being a thin guy that had lost a lot of weight. Hip, hip, hooray. I have some momentum. Like I was never, I never weighed myself. Also in my household, like that was like food, diet, and health, well-being was never in the conversation, ever. Nobody checked up on anybody. My mom was never like, hey, you lost a lot of weight. Never, you know, or hey, you're, you know, you good? Let's take you to the doctor, you know, like none of that, none of that. So uh, I'm not trying to hijack the conversation, but this is, this is really sore for me. Like you saying that at 17 years old, dude, that's, if that was my child, I would go into crisis mode and deploy all my resources to fix this. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, um, so my, my mom, like, I guess tried her best to like support me in my weight loss. So she would like make me salads and stuff. But I just like knew if I ate a meal, that's more calories that I have to burn. I would just like not eat too much. Like the only thing I ate was like a Subway sandwich. And that was like all I ate every day. Like it was a Subway sandwich and a, um, Iced apples, if I remember correctly. And that was my meal. That I ate that every day. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, like, when you're losing weight at that rapid pace, like, most people don't know anything about nutrition. So they just see you losing weight. And they're like, oh, you're looking so good. And also, people don't really understand, like, how much 50 pounds is. But when someone sees someone that lost 50 pounds, they're like, they're not that different looking. They probably lost, like, 20 pounds, you know? And, like... So unless someone's like really upfront about it, most people aren't aware of how what what danger they're doing by losing weight that quickly, you know? Yeah, and so at a young age, dude, I wasn't even I didn't even know what calories calories were until our conversation in twenty fifteen. Oh shit. <laughs> I didn't know what calories were. I had to be like, Well, what is a calorie exactly? And you explained it to me. And I was like, Oh, so you you know, for like a guy at my weight, I can eat 2200 calories and still be at a deficit because of the weight that i am and whatever i was like oh and all foods have like it's it's a it's energy units like i i never fucking knew that where were you supposed to learn that how did you know that I, and for context oh, well, for the listener I'm, you you were in wrestling you were an athlete you were an athletic child right so yeah, who put this pressure on you where does it come from did you do it to yourself where did you acquire this information well, the thing about calories, so my older brother, Marcus, uh, he was also a fat kid. It just, he was, he, he was able to keep his weight off. So in middle school, he was like probably even bigger than I was. And he lost his weight and he never really gained it back. But like, that was always kind of like frustrating to me because I saw what he did, you know? And I was like, why can't I do that? <laughs> and, then, um, mm. and as far as like where I learned calories were, I guess I just knew it, you know, but like I knew it in a, in a really wrong way. So this is like the moment of the story where it's always a little embarrassing. Yeah. Is that like I was on a bicycle, right? Like one of those like workout bikes and it gives you the calories you're losing. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I didn't understand that your body naturally burns calories as dumb as that sounds. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I ran for an hour. I lost 800 calories. 
So like, as long as I don't go over that, I'm losing weight. You know? Oh yeah, that's a fucking terrible way. That that that's a that's a lose lose situation. Yeah, exactly. So and you I have wish- to burn more than you're consuming, but you're already burning. How many calories do you think a day doing nothing? Exactly. Like I was probably because of how big I was, I was probably already burning like 22, 2300, maybe even more because I was kind of an active kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I was really dumb in that time. And I always kind of, and this is something that I've finally, I feel like I'm, I'm fronting about myself was I always looked at 17 year old Jer as like, man, he was really committed. And then it kind of like just hit me <laughs> like two weeks ago. I was like, oh, I just had an eating disorder. Sucks, so talk you know? more talk more about that what what do you think what do you think that and let's be serious because i really want the listeners to know just how severe i'm talking about this from, from what angle i'm talking about it like you know we always self-diagnose ourselves like we'll say oh my ex-girlfriend was bipolar she was crazy or i'm super ocd right now whatever um, but people are diagnosing themselves, you know? So when we, when we say we had an eating disorder, unless you went to the doctor and you got that diagnosis, you're diagnosing yourself, but also you're not a dumbass. I know what you mean. I think I agree with you. And, and when, when it comes to me as well, like I'm still struggling with that. Um, what, what do you think the eating disorder is and how did it start? And, um, it sounds like you just recently confronted that. Like, what? Did, walk me through that. How, how does that make you feel? I don't know, man. Because, like, I was always proud of what I did when I was 17. You know, like, for the longest time. Like, and it, it also, like, I was making these YouTube videos and I got these comments like, good job. You know, you're doing great. And, like, now once in the comments where someone was like, yo, slow down. <laughs> you know? And, and... You know, like I first time in my life, I'd gotten like attention by girls. It was just like, it was, it was a lot, you know, and it was just like, I wasn't wrestling, you know, and I was like way under my weight class because my weight class was 215 and that was my goal. And I was like wrestling at 200, 198, 199, you know, and, and I was also like burning so many calories. So I was eating whatever I wanted because like in wrestling, you burn a shit ton of calories. So like, I was like, this is just my weight now, you know, mm-hmm. and um, when wrestling was over, dude, like. I must have gained like 30 pounds like in two months. No lie. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. I must have because I remember the well, end of the school well, year. You know, when you starve yourself, your body goes into starvation mode. So whatever you eat, you're not going to burn. When, when you start consuming calories, it's going to hold on to it because it's afraid that you're going to do that again to yourself. Yeah. And right? Like, so I that's know. probably how you gained it so fast because your body was like, you starved it. And so, so that doesn't happen again. It's, it saved everything. Yeah. And like, I know all this stuff now, like I wish I could go back to high school, Jerry, and just tell him like, just tell him like, Hey dude, you naturally already born, born like 2000 calories and you're in wrestling. So you probably are closer to 3000. Like relax, man. But at the time I, I didn't really understand. Cause I was still in that mindset that some people are fat and some people are skinny and there's skinny people can eat what the fat person eats and stay skinny. And that, you know what I mean? Like, there was, like, that whole idea that, like, some people have a bad metabolism, you know? Like, sure. Which is the case sometimes, but it's, like, not as common as people think, you know? I think you're right. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, why, how did JR, whether, if, you know, if you want to go back to 
being 200 pounds when you're in sixth grade or however far back you want to go. How did JR get, get so fat? No, honestly, I just like, and this goes, yeah, even to this day, I just have like this uncontrollable urge to like snack on chips. Like I would finish a bag of chips. It was nobody's business, you know, like bag of Doritos, like family size. I was like, oh shit. Like that's my, that's my jam. You know, I'm going to finish that like in two or three days. And, uh, you know, I just didn't really have like, like the best, like health education, you know, like I, I remember, um, every week, uh, we would get fast food, like me and my family. And I would just get like, you know, the Coke, like I was a big Coke and Kool-Aid drinker. Like, I don't think I drank water until I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's part of the culture, it, I think for us as well. Yeah. So I was just like, like if I was thirsty, I drank Kool-Aid. If I was hungry, I, I snacked on some chips, but I started a meal later. So like I was eating like maybe 500, 600 even like a thousand calories of chips when I was younger. And I was just like, that wasn't a meal. That was just my snack, you know, like, and there's these things and that's including the Kool-Aid, which is already like, whatever, like all sugar. It's all sugar. Yeah. All sugar, really high in calories. So it can make sense looking back on it. Like why I gained weight so fast or like not fast, but you know, just like, I never stopped gaining weight. And it was just because my appetite just never went away. Like, like I remember I was hanging out with my, uh, this is that kind of uh, sad story. And I, and I understand what my brother was doing, but like it stuck with me like because I was eating something and then he had just lost his weight. He was like, you know, you can like die if you keep eating like this. I was just like, what? <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me, you know? Hmm. But like it did, you know, because like I knew. How old were you when he that, told you that? I was probably like in seventh grade, if I remember sixth grade. Oof. We were going to my grandma's house. So young. Yeah. And it was just like, and like, my brother was like in eighth grade or ninth grade. Like, he didn't know any better, better either, you know? But like, like I kind of looked up to him because he lost the weight and he kept it off. And I was like, you know what? I got to gotta be committed to it. But I just never could, man. Like, it just like, I never did until I had my big health scare freshman year of high school with the doctor. And that's when the first time, like, my family took it seriously because obviously it's scary. So like I remember that whole year, my mom like refused to like let me eat anything good. So she would just make me salads and stuff. And it worked, you know, I, I dropped a bunch of weight. It's just unfortunately when I got my car, like, you know, I was back to just doing whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, that that's high school. How many years has it been for you since high school? Five? No, I'm not that young. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been uh, nine years now, right? Ten, maybe. How many birthdays have you had? Twenty-seven. Oh, you're still young. Um, twenty-seven. That was 2015 for me when I was 27. So I kind of know where you're at a, a bit. Um, 2015. I was 27. I was your age, and a lot of things aligned for me. Um, it, but it, it had a lot to do with me coming out of a hole of a dark period. Um, kind of like the way we're doing now. Well, one could argue we're very deep in that hole as a country. Um, but in 2015, I was coming out of a deep depression. I mean, the seven hands of God debacle, like really fucked me up. Like I cannot, maybe you can imagine it really did a number on me. And also being a new dad, those two things in tandem with you mix overeating and like coping mechanisms with that. It's a perfect storm. So 2015, we had our conversation. It was also, and I have a picture. It is disgusting. Um, I have a picture of me at the gym shirtless 
fattest I ever was at the time, 265 pounds. And that number shook me because the, the highest I ever was was like 240, 245. So I, I skipped the 50s. Like I never, and I don't weigh myself often, but I weighed myself 265. That scared me at how close that was to 270. You know, that's just like one meal away from 270. And um, it scared me. And then we had our conversation about my fitness pal and tracking the calories. And I guess you were losing some weight at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, like I kind of this is like what frustrates me so much is I kind of have these like moments where like I've been good. Like I remember 2015, like that was probably looking back on it, like maybe the healthiest I lost the weight. The only problem with that is like I got lazy and I just never like got back on it. But remember, um, it's probably like 260 something when I started that journey and I'd gotten down to 30, uh, 220, right? Like it was a good weight for me. And I knew you were having some struggles of weight loss. So I gave you my advice because I still believe in that advice I gave you, which is like, know that your body naturally burns calories, wants your calories, just kind of like, like you can win in the margins, you know, you don't have to make a big change, you know? Yeah, that's what you told me. The way you sold it to me at the time was like, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. You can still lose the weight if you stay under 20, 2200 calories or 2400 calories. And I was just like, that's how it works. And you're like, yep. So I thought, well, I can eat a 20 piece of chicken nuggets at McDonald's and still lose weight. And technically that's true. Technically it is true, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's that you're healthy, you know, like a big mind. And I'm not saying you gave me bad advice, but that it it came for me, like it was good advice because it, it meant I didn't really have to sacrifice more than portions which is a good place to start, you know? Um, and I will say that for me, and I don't know if, I guess I want to pose this as a, as a question for you. Like, do you, is food connected to you, like, emotionally in any way? For sure. Like, um, I think back to my darkest period, which is 2013, 2012, and I just think, about how many times I did the lie to myself where it's like, I feel really bad, I should eat. I feel really good, I should eat. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. sooner or later, you realize all you do is feel really bad or feel really good. Mm-hmm. It was just like a lot. And I, I uh, remember going back to my story moment where I was over 300 pounds. It was like, shocked me. It didn't because, man, I was, I, was a, I was uncontrollable, man. Like, I would go to Pluckers, which is a wing place in Austin. In Texas, but I, I know primarily from Austin. Um, I would get like a 15 wing combo, the side of fried pickles. And that was my meal, you know. And I yeah. I think about that era of myself, and I'm just like, what was I doing, man? Because I'm not I'm not dumb, you know. I just it was just like an addiction for me. I thought it's not like what were you I doing? Like, how do you answer that today? What were you doing? No, I guess I was just trying to hurt myself or something. Like, I just dropped out of college at that time. Um, I wasn't making movies, which was like my old, my only other, oh good, you know. Mm-hmm. I was, it just was like, I was just eating. That was like the only thing that made me feel anything. And I wasn't a big alcoholic or drinker, so that wasn't my escape. You know, my my escape was, was wings. My escape was frozen yogurt. My escape was food. You know, like I was just, I just loved it. You know. So when you say you wanted to hurt yourself, like, um, why? Why do you think like? Was it a distraction? Was it a way of like 
maybe there was a bigger pain, a bigger, more, for example, I don't want to speak for you, but like, say, you know, for me, seven hands of God, that pain, all the stuff that's associated with it is like a loss of friends, um, a loss of like this vision, a loss of money, a loss of the optics of success. Like it felt like such a big fat L in public. Yeah. It was humiliating. So you can you can hurt yourself or cope with like what's a vice for me? Eating a box of pizza, right? Or like in Donna, we have this place called it's you know a hop, skip, and a jump away from my mom's house where I lived at the time. Um, called Taqueria Morales, and you can order what they call a uh, a taco gigante, which stands for a giant taco, and it's a foot-long taco. It's like a pound, two pounds of food. And I would order one of those and a Coke, right, like or whatever, and then get a fucking cannoli afterwards, for real. And that, folk, like, hurting myself and ruining that day and the day after, because you feel it the next day, um... Well, at least I was in control of of that pain, you know, so it took my eyes off of the seven hands of God pain, right? Like that's an that's an example for me. Like what what were you taking your eyes off of? What was the distraction? What did you need to be in control of if that applies to you? I think it does. And I've, I've honestly like never asked myself that question because it was just like it's kind of a period in my life I'm deeply embarrassed by. So to talk about it is kind of crazy, but um. It just dropped out of college, and I guess, and it's going to sound so dumb, and, like, i put that in the front end. I know I th- always thought, like, it was, like, a gifted, super genius filmmaker, you know? And mm-hmm. when I went to college, I just assumed everyone would see it, and everyone would be like, this is the guy. Let's <laughs> let's get behind him and make whatever he wants. And it just didn't work out like that. I had, Short films had fell through. Uh, the one I had de- did was just not very good. It was just like, maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. And I felt like my skills weren't getting any, any better at college. Like, I just felt like I'd like peaked or something like in high school. I was like, is that just me? I dropped out of school because I was a year away finishing. I was like, can't get started in my thesis film, my final film. Like, it gets... I'm not good enough. And I just like ran away from that. And I think I ran away from it with, um, it's going to sound like more dark. I mean, it, it is really dark, but I ran away with gambling and eating. Like, you know, like I got really into big, I got really into sports gambling at the time and I got really into, you know, eating. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, man. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Cause it's not easy. Like, and I feel the reason why I bring this up, it's not to be a dick. It's not to be mean. It's not, for content. I bring it up for one reason and one reason only. And that's because I think if we can get to the root of that, and if we wear that on our sleeve and we keep and we take it with us wherever we go, that's how we sustain the weight loss. For sure. Like that's how I feel like Marines and and you know, I always use The Rock as an example. You know, The Rock, his origin story is really great. At one point he was broke. And then, you know, he had to go back to the drawing board. And, you know, if you listen to his motivational speeches or whatever, or if you know his origin story of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he had $7 at his poorest. Football, just like kind of what you said, um, he didn't become the NFL football player he thought he was. He didn't even become the college football player he thought he was going to be. He hurt himself 
somebody else took his spot, yada, 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 dark night of the soul, you know, whatever. And now he's this multimillionaire Hollywood rock star, blah, 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 WWF, former champion, future Hall of Famer, whatever. But he has a studio production company called Seven Bucks. And I don't think, you know, one of Rock's mantras is stay hungry, stay humble, right? And it sounds like a nice t-shirt, but with The Rock, I really believe him because he can tap back into that dark night of the soul. He can tap back into it. He keeps it around him. Like the, the dark shadow that we're always battling against, our shadow selves, is right next to him at all times, chasing him. That's why he wakes up early. That's why he works really, really hard. That's why he puts it and leaves it all in the ring, so to speak. And I feel like if we can leave our, if we can keep our dark experiences next to us, not in a not in a way that hurts our self-esteem, but in a way of like we know what we have to go back to, that's what we need to stay the course. I don't want to speak for you, but I know for me, I get cocky. And then I'm like, I'm good. I got this figured out. I have it figured out. Like, I am so extreme. You said it yourself. Good days, bad days. I can have 45 great days, and I think I'm ostensibly cured, you know? And, and but, but and I have learned, and, and if you heard my last episode, which was, sadly, that was four years ago, and I've written many more journals since, but I've learned through my behaviors and repetition that, that's that's why I keep falling back in this loop in this pattern is because I lose sight of that that dark teacher and you have to you you there is no other way and there never was you have to move forward with that darkness and so that pain you have to wear it you have to wear it every day that's how that's how soldiers that like when they get out of the military this is my job sorry that's why my brain is always there when when the military transition and they go into adulthood they go into st- civilian world like in, like Freddie Quell and the Master. They have to keep their routine right there in front of them. If they, because now they don't have um, someone ahead of them to 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 tell them to wake up at you know oh four hundred or whatever. They're not hiking with all the boys. They're not doing all the PT, the physical training, with the team. They have to do it by themselves, and that's what makes transition for people and the military going into civilianhood so difficult is because they have to hold themselves accountable. So they have to, the routine is everything. And you, this is why when you automate the routine, I think they, they can become successful and win and, and, and keep their fitness, mental and physical fitness moving forward. But they have to, they have to remember the good and the bad of what happens when you don't do it. That's the common denominator, and it's the least sexy, and you can't sell that. You can't put it on a t-shirt. You can't put it in a book and sell it. You can share each other's stories, but like when it comes to workout plans and, and meal plans, like, dude, at the end of the day, you have to remember what you have to go back to. That's the fucking key. And so that's why I, 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 you know, I know you hadn't really put it out there, and here you are putting it out there to the world. But that's something that... I think is an actionable, an actionable that we can walk away with after this podcast and remember, and we have to remember it, man. We have to fucking remember it if we have, if we want to have a snowball's chance in hell and keeping up this momentum. And I'll tell you right now, cards on the table, I don't have any fucking momentum because, and this is a question I wanted to ask you, and it's hard to ask like someone that you look at as a dear friend or like as a brother, 
so someone can be real with you. It's not a question for my spouse. It's not a question for Claire. But, you know, how do we balance or how do you think we can balance like the self-hate? And not to not to go on my not to go on a um, on my soapbox, but I feel like the all lives matter people. And the people who don't want to wear fucking masks and like, you know, these people that give us grief in our day to day, I think it all goes back to a self-esteem issue and a self-hate. It has to like, I think racism is that. And I I think these getting it, getting it, getting these messages through these people's thick skulls is that what do you and I do when it comes to eating and like fitness and like this relationship we have with our temple, our body, right? Like, how do we... What is the, this is a delicate balance. Like, how do we balance the self-hate? Because, like, look, I don't want to text you and be like, what's up, bitch tits? You know, did you wake up early today? Like, I'm not, that's not me. I don't bring that energy, you know? But you need a form of pain as a motivator, you know? Because I think we do more to avoid pain than we do whatever dopamine you get out of finishing a family-sized Dorito bag. I think we do more to avoid the pain of that then we do the pleasure that we get out of that so sure. how, how do we balance this how do we balance the self-hatred and because i think that's like a root you know i can i in my experience it always comes back to that oh for sure and um you know cards on the table for me i i recently started you know a new weight loss journey and i'm down like five or six pounds and it's been a couple of weeks uh I'm purposely taking it slow because I wanna, you know, I don't wanna like go fast with it this time. But the issue with that is, this is why I was confronting my 17 year old self, uh, was that like when you step on the scale and you feel like you've worked hard for like a week and you only see you know, two, a pound, two yeah. pound difference, yeah. it's kind of like that sucks, you know, because yeah. I'm so used to the high of seeing like than eight pounds you know yeah and and it's like i'm doing this on purpose you know i'm eating 2300 2400 calories 2500 calories even on some days because i want to lose weight slowly and i'm kind of trying to get through my head where i'm just like like it's not like a race you know Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of like the key for for me this time because i've been uh, something came up (laughs) because i've been to the other side where it's just like I try to you know, go as like quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, and, and I know how that feels too. Like, trust me, as a guy who went from uh, junior year as the fat guy to senior year as like, I don't want to say I was the hot guy, but like, you know, I looked good at 170. I think I did. I didn't feel like it. I had a girlfriend who went to a different high school, so it's not like I was trying to fuck people or anything like that. Like, that's not really, that wasn't my style at the time. Um, but that, you know, there's, I have such an all or nothing personality. And so a part of me, 230, I can't really be happy with that. I'm not happy, even though you should be like every, you should, you should be happy. You have to accept the slow progress. You have to, I I too want to see 199, 205 already. Like I, I really do. Um, to the point where if it's not that, I kind of just feel like not as motivated you know, so what, what do you do to, you know, what do you do to manage your emotions when it comes to this? Do you put it by the side or because that's something for me I'm trying to overcome? 
see, for, so like when I was having these like bad feelings about my my journey earlier this week, I knew I had to talk to someone about it just because I know it's irrational, but like I don't know it's irrational until I start talking to someone. So I, I texted you and you're fortunately always like, you know, you understand. So you come at a place of like, yeah, for sure. You know, and so that helped me kind of put everything in to context where I'm like, you know, as long as I keep doing this, like, doesn't like I don't have to, you know, get down to 200 in in, in a month or something. You know, it's just about that that journey, and and I kind of have this like hatred of like talking about my weight loss because I have friend we joke we joke about it. It's like no one wants to hear when start their weight loss journey just because more often times it fails, you know, and I've failed at it you know, numerous of times, you know, mm-hmm. like. I have to do it privately now. Like there was probably a time in my life where I would have been very public about it, posting Instagram updates or like posting like, you no know, when I was younger, like Facebook updates or something, you know? Well, let's be honest. And like now, we, we want to, we want to announce it and transmit that for the dopamine, right? We want the instant gratification of like, good job, go do it. Good luck. You got this right. There's a reward yeah. in, in that feedback that doesn't last anyways, does it? I mean, it never has. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is like, you have to do it. You have to find the right reasons to do it. And like, I find this, this new loss journey, like the funniest because I wasn't even trying to lose weight. Like I was not even like a bad place. Like me, like obviously I was still massively overweight, but I was kind of fine with where I was at. But I was at a protest here in New York. And uh, during the protest, uh, they asked us to lay down and I'm kind of a germaphobe. So I'm like, I'm not going to lay down. So like I, lifted up my head and my feet i was just doing like a modified crunch essentially and i thought it was gonna be like 30 seconds laid down for like five minutes <laughs> and we got up um left back home and the next day my abs were just on fire i was just like man my abs are on fire i should just work out because it's already hurting I started working out and i wasn't dieting like i that that same day i, I worked out i probably ate mcdonald's and popeyes or something <laughs> you know like it was like it I wasn't dieting like at all and four days in a row like I started to like like the diet was hurting my exercise it was like I should eat healthier so I could exercise better mm-hmm. and then before I knew it I was already thinking like well if I'm doing all this I might as well just try to lose weight I stepped on a scale and I was at 250 251 I was like this is the lowest I've ever been at the start of an uh, of a diet that's kind of cool but it's also like kind of motivated me to think like if I can keep the same energy I've had where I've been big and I've lost like 30 pounds, I should, should keep that momentum going. Oh, like, because I can, I feel like I've always lost 30 pounds. If I can lose 30 pounds at 250, that means I'm 220, you know, which would be the lowest I've been since since I was 18. It was just like all kind of snowballed from there. But I just find it funny that I wasn't desire to lose weight it all came from my abs were on fire after a protest and i was like this sucks probably out of shape i couldn't even do a push-up like three weeks ago and now i'm doing like three you know and it's just like i feel like it always it always comes from like a crisis or it comes from like a humili uh uh, when i say humiliating I, i think that's the right way to kind of describe um a cumulative humility effect Right. Like it, it's humbling to, to be in that position, especially in public and be like, my abs are on fire for that. 
I used to fucking tackle guys down to the ground and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like that? Oh, dude, how did I get here? Right? Like that, that's a wake up call, isn't it? Don't you think? And for me, like, and this is like, was like, like an honest, like, wake up call as well was like, even at my biggest, I feel like I've always been able to do like a bunch of push ups. Like, that was like my party trick. I was like the big guy that can do push ups. Um, <laughs> party trick. Then I tried to do push ups and it was just like, I couldn't even get 10. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it was just like, I didn't realize how weak I'd gotten. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to start working out. Um, that's just how it happened. Hmm. So let's be honest, losing, going from 260 to 230 doesn't really require that much effort. I mean, it requires oh, yeah. some discipline. You're restricting, you're, you're minimizing your portions, even just going for a walk. You can lose 30 pounds and maybe 45 days just like, but actually doing the work, being laser focused, but from 230 to 200, when's the last time you made, you did that? That's when you hit the plateau and things get, you get tested. And then when you get tested, that's when I find you either get satisfied, complacent, and you go backwards, or it's, it takes even, it takes tremendous effort to break through that wall. So what do you have in mind this time when you're, when you're 229 and then it takes two weeks to lose one pound, right? Uh, and then you're 228 and then you're just like, what the hell? Like, why is this so difficult? Like, how, how do you, do you have a desired weight and how do you plan on getting there? Oh, I was thinking about that because I think anyone that's lost a decent amount of weight knows what a plateau is, right? And for me, for the last years, my plateau has been 230s, you know, like I've seen 229 once and I was so happy. When was the last time you saw uh, 229? Oh, it's, it's a little, it's a little embarrassing because it's somewhat recent, but like early Early 2019, I would say. Really? Yeah. What were you What were you doing? Was it healthy? Well, I mean, honestly, it's just what you were saying. Like when you live in New York, and I was working at a, a massive grocery store, you walk around a lot, and if you just kind of like the bare minimum of like watching what you eat, you can lose some weight here if you're That's a big right. guy like me. Yeah. And I was working, uh, you know, 32 hours a week. I was going to school five times a week, uh, and I was, I was moving a lot, you know, and it was just like cool, mm-hmm. you know, and um just kind of came off and then uh you know like the thing is I didn't even let myself go like if i use my 250 as like my like what i am i started my weight loss a couple weeks ago that means i gained like what 20 pounds in a year which is like nothing for me i feel like i usually gain that like in a <laughs> in a bad weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> so like i feel like i've been kind of good and honestly i think the reason why i got gotten up to 250 was just because of quarantine like if there was no quarantine i probably would have been around 240 you know and mm-hmm. Uh, now and I, I was fortunate caught myself when I did because I could have seen myself like going really back to the old me because dude I was eating pretty badly the last last month and honestly it's kind of shocking that I wasn't higher than I was because I was like eating ice cream I was eating pizza I was eating so many things that I know are just bad and I don't know I don't know why it just wasn't it, I stepped on the scale I was expecting a lot worse I guess I can leave it at that you know mm-hmm well, let me ask you again. So, well, first of all, uh, you, you did answer the question to 229. Congratulations. Um, for me, man, in, in 2015, I had so much momentum. Like, it was one of the last times I, I was feeling myself, and which is weird because it was in the valley. I was working a shit job, but it was a leadership position, and so I was interfacing with people uh, frequently. 
And the best part is when you're working a job that you don't love is you can daydream and you can be passionate. You have a quote unquote side hustle. And so I was designing what became Indie Darlings today then. And it was fun. Um, and then, you know, I didn't have a commute to work. And so I bought, I spent 600 and actually close to 700 bucks, which is a lot of money for me at the time. Like it was everything I had to get a bike. And I would ride a bike from Donna to McAllen. And it wasn't, it, it ended up being, I think like 19, 17 to 19 miles round trip. But I would wake up at 3.30, get on my, you know, drink a cup of coffee, change, put my stuff in a bag, whatever. And I would ride my bike um, from Donna. And when I started that journey, I must have been 235, right? Because um, I'd already had some momentum. But I started that year at 265. So I'm 235, doing it your way, like doing it the just kind of eating what I want, but just minimizing my portions. I'm riding the bike, and I would get to whatever McAllen, it was on 10th Street or something, whatever McAllen um, uh, gym that they had there. And I'd work out for 45 minutes, take a shower there, and then ride the bike the rest of the way, get there at work 30 minutes before my shift. And, and dude, I was on fire. I still had energy. And I was on fire, but then the the come five thirty, the the bike the bike ride back kicked my ass every single time. Like I'd get to far, and I'm like, I got nothing, I got nothing. I can't keep going. I get to Alamo, I get to Donna, and like the victory. Every day was a victory getting back to Donna, and I would and I I couldn't even eat what I was burning. This is the first time in my life. Where like I get to Donna, I'd eat an ice cream bar, I'd eat an apple, I would drink a big red, and I was still at a caloric deficit. I was just trying to like load. I was just like depleted, man. Like I felt fucking empty, and I I think at my lowest I got to like two twenty six, and and then I got hit by a car, and I was afraid to ride a bike again for a while, and then I was off from work for ten days, and I I went to like two forty. I was like fuck, you know, you you go from extremes like. I will say, I have to say this. Um, so I bring up that story to say the last time I was in the 20s was in t late 2015. I was riding a bike. I mean, this is extreme. I consider that extreme. I was riding 20 miles a day on a bike for my fat ass who had never ridden a bike in 20 years. Like, that was a big deal. And I couldn't even eat as much as I was burning. That felt nice. But I have to, I have to quote BoJack Horseman, um, the end of season two, when the baboon runner character, who's nameless, I believe, tells Bojack, who's trying to run, it gets easier. Every day it gets easier, but you have to do it every day. That's the hard part, but it gets easier. That right there is what it is. It's the formula, man. Like, the hard part is doing it every day, but it gets easier. That paradox, like, the magic is in that paradox. And I, I can beat myself up and like go through a shame cycle, feedback loop, beating myself up, thinking, man, Knives, if you never stopped in 2015, what would you be now? You know? And as a creator who interfaces with the public, whether if it's videos or podcasts, your state of mind and your physiology matters. Like your first impression matters. And I know that I could create a better product and be a better filmmaker if I was fitter. That fucks with me. I know I could be a better lover with my, with Claire, who I've been with for seven years if I was fitter. I know I could be a better dad and like 
play with my kids for longer. And I play basketball with Aiden, but like, dude, there are times where I can't go three rounds, you know, where I'm just like, after two, I'm like, I'm done. And if I was fitter, like just how it would impact my entire life. There's not a camera I could buy. There's not a movie I could make that would give me a bigger dopamine rush, a, a greater reward system than just being able to hang for longer with the stuff that I already love. And for some reason, even though I know that, why isn't that enough for me to fucking keep going? And then that's when the self-hate starts and I'm in this cycle of just like, you're broken, you're a piece of fucking shit, you're fat filth, and like all that shit comes down. So I feel like we know where we've come from. We know what we have to go back to. I don't like where I'm at right now. I hate it. I just don't know how to stay better all the time when it's hard, when it's fucking hard. I don't know how to do it. I've never done it. I've never never been consistent. And that's what I'm looking at this time. I'm hoping to improve. So like you asked me earlier, like what's my end weight goal and like, how am I going to get there? And honestly, like this is going to sound like insane to me, but I know it's like what I, what I want to do with, I want to be at a two pound deficit every week until I get to, wait, I had like in a journal, but basically I want to start like bumping down my calories as I lose weight. It's just counterintuitive to like everything maybe I've thought of in the past where it's like, like let's say 215, right? I want to cut it down to like a 750 calorie deficit. And then I get to 200. I want to cut that down to 500. And let's say if I get to 190, I want to cut it down to 250. And my end goal ultimately is 180. And honestly, I would be happy at 190. I'd be happy at 200. I just kind of want to have that carrot in front of me just in the sense that like I want to like slowly start eating what a person my my body size should eat and kind of keep that in in memory and it, and of course like when you have a thousand calories that you're 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 playing with you can kind of be fast and loose with your calorie deficit but when i start bumping it down to 500 i want to get like a food scale and kind of like actually measure stuff and like get the exact weight of stuff so i know what i'm putting in my body for in the future and i kind of like i've kind of come to this realization that like Losing weight is easy. Working out is easy. Being committed to it is easy. But what's hard is the counting of the calories. And it gets easier when you do it every day. Like I'm, when I first started again, it was like so dumb. Like, am I doing this again? But like now that I'm like two weeks in, it's like, you know, it's easy. Like I'm like, oh, okay. So I, you know, like that piece of chicken with the tortilla. And it was like, that was like 350 calories, whatever. And and I follow this one guy on YouTube and he annoyed the crap out of me. His name was like Will Tennyson. But he's kind of like what made me kind of relook the way I look at counting calories. Because if you look at this kid, like he's like, like the buffest looking dude after. I'm like, why is he so worried about his macros and his counting his calories? Mm-hmm. And then I've kind of, kind of hit like a ding that was like, wait a minute. Like if I get to my goal weight, that doesn't necessarily mean that I can stop counting calories. Like, until I'm really comfortable, which could take years, then I have to keep counting calories, you know? Yeah. Because I have no self-control. Like, if I think I can stop counting calories, then that means I'm going to go back to the old me and be like, okay, well, I'm going to get a hero chicken sandwich with the mayo, and I want to get a bag of Takis. <laughs> I want to get, like, chocolate bar. And I, I, I know that's probably, like, over, you know, 1,800 calories or something, but, but like, it's like I kind of – I did myself, you know, unless I like keep myself like 
made it to the counting of the calories, like I, I can't beat it. So that's why I'm going to start like putting back the deficit I'm in as I'm losing more weight, just so I can be more scientific with it. I can like really start understanding my body in a real way, you know? I don't know. Like, I can't even, you're, you're talking John Wick shit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I really don't, you know, I, I understand scientifically what you're talking about, but that seems like a light year away for me to relate to that. And it's strange. Like, do, yeah, you, it, do you, do you find that approach a compelling enough goal to break through the multiple um, plateaus that you will inevitably hit like at 240, 230, 220, 215, 210, and so on. Like it's going to be a different, it's going to require a different approach. You have to shock your body and so on to, to, to get there. Do you think the scientific approach is, is compelling enough for you to break through those plateaus? And that's the thing is like, that's not, cause that's not the way I work, buddy. I'll tell you that it ain't going to be that for me. For, for sure. And like, I don't know, because this is, very similar to what I did in 2015. Like, the only difference is in 2015, I probably wasn't as far as I am now with it. But, like, 2015, I basically did what I'm doing now. But for me, I think the idea of cutting back calories, because in 2015, I was always aiming for a thousand, and it kind of got hard. A thousand I, deficit to consume deficit. only a thousand calories? Oh, no, no. Deficit. Deficit. My bad. Uh-huh. I, I was just speaking in terms of deficit, which means I was still eating like a healthy amount of food. Right. Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, when I got to the lower 230s or something, it's kind of hard. And then, like, also, I had just started dating Laura and I was just like, you know, you don't want to be like the dork who is like, wait, how much is in? <laughs> you know, like, it's just it's just like it, it's it's you kind of like get lazy with it. And and thing is, I don't mind getting lazy. It's just like I have to, like, if I get in, because, like, let, let me, like, you know, say it. Like, I have really bad binge eating habits, you know, and I think we both do. Totally. And when I have, because like, I know I'm going to relapse in this journey. Like, it just, I, like, never not have relapses, you know, <laughs> like, where in terms of just, like, I have a really bad day or, like, a really something like i'm just like you know i'm gonna eat that ice cream i'm gonna eat that thing so when that happens i can't dwell on it but something even Mm -hmm. more important Mm -hmm. i can't let that ever be okay as i'm losing weight which is something i've never thought before what do you mean mean by that because i feel like like let me use 2015 for example like when i ever had like a bad binge eating day i never actually like punished myself because i was so like well, that's not too bad. But then you start thinking, well, that's not too bad. And then you can kind of let yourself do it instead of once every three months, you do it once every month. And then that once every month becomes once every week. And then a once every week becomes a couple of times a week. And then soon you start doing these like, these like calorie gymnastics to try to fit a 6,000 calorie day <laughs> into your week, you know, because you, you chase that, that high. And I think that's like the one thing about my advice to you, I would reconfirm which is like you can't let yourself have these bad days just because you had a couple of good days before and you know you have the calorie room to spare you know no no i don't agree i don't i don't agree with that like i i look at it like a junkie man like you're telling me it's okay to have the it's okay to have um 
It's okay no, to have. It's okay to the- have the the. It's okay to have like an occasional crack rock here and there. <laughs> I don't fucking no, no, agree. No. Like for me, yeah, I, I can't, dude. <laughs> I I cannot. No, I I I think we're on the same page. I think you might have misunderstood me. What I'm Maybe. saying is that like back in 2015, that was my mindset. Where now it's not my mindset anymore. I think now you, know? you feel like you're not going to beat yourself up as much and be like, it's over. I'm going back to the old fat me. Yeah, I agree. You can't have that mindset. If you, if you find yourself and take it from me, like with kids, man, like, yeah, sometimes dude, when someone's got a birthday party, I can't be the asshole that doesn't eat the cake. Yeah. You know, I can't be the (laughs) asshole that doesn't have ice cream when everybody else does or whatever. Um, I feel bad, you know, or like 4th of July, am I going to be the asshole that doesn't eat, you know, barbecue? Yeah, yeah. A, hot, a hot dog, you know, but I know that just the bread of the bun kills me. I look at that as like a loss. It hurts just as much as like, you know, jacking off alone at a hotel. Like if it feels like, ugh, ugh, I should be better than this. So I agree with you. Like you should have the occasional crack rock. No, I'm kidding. But I, I, I can't, man. Like if it's going to be sugar, like I can't have cake. Yeah, no, and I agree in theory, but man, like, and Dude. this is maybe where me and you disagree. Like, yeah, you we, think, I think we disagree here. You think realistically, you can go the rest of your life without eating, like, a piece of cake? Um, I'll tell you that I want to be the type of person that that um, I want to be that type of person. I do. I don't want to be like. For me personally, it's like alcohol, man. That's like asking an alcoholic, you want to be the type of, you don't want to have champagne at your daughter's wedding. Oh, and, and, and I agree. And, I, and I'm telling you, like, that- dude, it is for real. Like, you know, just to kind of really put it out there. Like I have these uncles who never touched an al- a drop of alcohol. My grandma died recently. Their mother, they didn't, they didn't touch an ounce of alcohol. They, they weren't like, this is for mom. You know, like, a, like the way your, your vaquero uncles would. Like they didn't, and so I know it's all or nothing. And and alcohol for me, alcohol is way less dangerous than than a Dr Pepper. Oh, for sure, and, for and, sure. And I agree. And I agree, and I, I I guess like I, in theory, I have your mindset as well. I just know and myself, I, and I feel bad because I, I feel like I'm being the toxic guy, you know, because this no, is just no. another excuse to like not go all in sometimes. Because it's so it's so extreme, can't do it. That's not what I mean, but it's just like. No, I can't. I can't, dude. I, 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 me, there are some, like, you know, you heard the donut story. Um, I can't, I, there is no casual donut. I don't believe in it. Oh, and, and, and I'm fucking believing it, man. Like, like for, for me, for this, like these past weeks and a half or two weeks or however, however long it's been for me, um, I haven't had like any chips at, at my house. And I've also have not bought any bread, which is kind of insane for me. Cause like usually when I go grocery shopping, these are like my two main food groups. So it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, kind of like I'm, I'm cutting that out in, in a, in a way where, I mean, truth be told, like I have ordered like a sandwich and I've had it and I've had chips, but like that to me is like a more controlled thing or like I can say comfortably, but I'm never going to buy chips again at a grocery store because I just know that's impossible for me. There but if I'm go. like at a sandwich shop and like they have like a little bag of chips, that's only like 200 calories, like, whatever like I, I don't mind eating it but i have to know that i think that's I like that, th- that's the goldilocks that zone that's the goldilocks mm-hmm. zone you know um yeah and, and, and it's just right where you can have a healthy relationship with food that's i mean yeah. 
Yeah, I love that approach. It's not, I feel like it's not in my cards. It's no, not in my not- cards, which, okay. I, and so keep, keep, we should hold on to that. Cause I think we should, there's so, there's so much potentiality there. I want to ask you, you know, when you see like these pictures on Instagram or whatever, and it's like the different male body types, right? And there's like the, there's like the Thor Bjornsson mountain Game of Thrones guy who's like this whatever whatever morph like thick but not like super shredded type guy whatever and then you have like these frail motherfuckers like these Paul Paul Dano types right and I'm not trying to body shame Paul Dano at all what I'm saying is like have you ever asked yourself like what body type you're supposed to be like if we were back in the wild like what what is JR supposed to look like you know, like if you take all the processed food, you take all the sugar and chips and all this shit that it's just not natural. Like, what is JR supposed to look like? Have you had that conversation with yourself? And where do you land with that? Because eventually you're going to be at a weight that you're supposed to be. And you're eating what you're supposed to eat. That's good for your genetics and good for your brain. And you're energized and you're maybe you're running a Boston Marathon in five years, three years or something. Right. So what is that end result? Like, what do you think you're supposed to be? And, and I'll just kind of answer for me because. I don't know what I'm supposed to be at all. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be like, uh, I had this one friend growing up, we backyard wrestled together. Shout out to Juno, he'll never hear this. But when he got fat, it looked like muscle. Like he was one of those guys where like, it went to his forearms, it went to like his pecs. Like he looked like chunky, like buff, but he was fat. He didn't work out, you know? And, but it looked good on him. For me, it goes into my gut. It goes into my tits. I don't. I, I have like the flattest Hank Hill ass you've ever seen. I don't get a, an even distribution of fat, right? So it's like, am I supposed to be skinny? Am I supposed to be thin? Like, am I supposed to be 145? Because according to the BMI, I'm supposed to be one fucking 45. Are you kidding me? How? How could I be 145 and be happy and, and be... Uh, how but am i like when i see these fighters like when connor went to 145 or whatever it was i'm like dude you don't, you don't look normal man like you look unhealthy you do not look normal so what what is like jr supposed to walk around at to be to be honest i don't know either and i and i um when i got to 196 which is the lightest i've ever been um i thought i looked really good but i also know i had some like i also was still technically overweight according mm-hmm. to BMI, which I'm, I don't know. If, I actually, I wonder if I did like a body fat percentage of what I would be at at the time. Cause I was kind of working out a lot. So I, but no, like, but for argument's sake, um, my BMI was still classified me as overweight. And apparently I'm supposed to be 173 or 168, right? Like that's the upper limit of no, normal weight. What do you think about that? And there's always like a, I always like wonder if I like push myself to get there, what I would look like. And I don't know because like technically my, my older brother, Marcus, like, I'm not sure if he's ever been classified a normal way, but I don't think anyone would ever call him fat. You know what I mean? Or overweight. Absolutely not. So, no, he looks good. So like, um, I don't know. Like I thought I looked pretty, you know, like fine at 196, but, but, um, there is a part of me that wonders like if I did get to that, that normal zone, like what would it look like? Am I supposed to be like a little skinny, like, like, you know, like, this is so valley right now. But, you know, like, there's, like, really skinny kids, like, in high school that were, like, I was, like, is that supposed to be me? Like, am I supposed to look like one of those kids? <laughs> yes, and I do. Who knows, you know, because I have these, like, monster thighs, man. Like, even when I was 196, my thighs were, like, were insane. So, like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I do wonder that. Like, I do wonder if I ever. 
this is super this is super vain but like i think about that with my face i just i was on a group group call earlier for work and i looked at my face and i'm like it looked like this is the fattest i've ever been like it looked like i had chipmunk cheeks like i had something inside my mouth like i had gum in my cheeks or something i do not like that so like what is my face supposed to be like gaunt you know when someone loses a lot of weight and it's like bro are you good you look like you're cosplaying like you're supposed to be john Leguizamo in a fat suit but you're not like what is happening and so i don't know like is one like I, when i was walking around at 175 i was still fat i still had a lot of fat like i was walking around with a lot of fat you know so it's like drop 30 pounds out of that how's that not like an emaciated person like i don't know and also i don't think it's i don't see myself as like a putting on a lot of muscle kind of guy i don't see myself doing that like i don't even know how easily genetically speaking how i can put on muscle you know like there's a body type that i like and this is this is where we sound weird um but i i really like not recent Shia, but I like, I like, uh, like lawless Shia, quite a yeah. bit. You know where he he had some meat on him, but he wasn't skinny. Right now he's like, dude, eat a fucking croissant. Why don't you? Please, you're dying. But uh, but I, I kind of feel like we're similar. Maybe like I think we're supposed to be. I don't know. And so, but he he he's never got like Tom Hardy burly jacked and i don't think i'm supposed to be you know and so like i i would love to do an iron man one day run a marathon one day right like i would really like to run a marathon under four hours uh, that's like a dream crazy like i'll win an oscar before i'll run a marathon but it is way more <laughs> practical to run a marathon you know um and so like but my body type like when all the fat that's not supposed to be there falls off what am i supposed to be look like feel what walk around with that to me is the goal because I, I want to be healthy. I want the doctor to be like, your heart is good, your liver is good, your kidneys are good. The the look, you know, and then you dress accordingly and you make it work. But like, I, I just don't know what it's supposed to be. But I know it's not supposed to be the fat suit that I'm wearing right now. I'm fucking Eddie Murphy and the Manati Professor right now. And it's not fun. No, and, and it's, um, you know, you, you mentioned something and I had somewhat of a similar reaction in 2012 or 2013. Like I, all these dates kind of urgent to me but i had went to a screening for one of my projects that i did and uh, my mom took a picture of me and i was at a profile or whatever like i was standing like it got my eye you know and i had never seen a photo of like that because i was became really good at like always facing the camera because i feel like i always look good when people look at me straight up yeah <laughs> like that's the one gift i have but i saw the picture of me on the side and i just fucking looked like like every single pound was in my belly <laughs> i was yeah. like what the fuck that's where i'm at right and, now and I was just like, man, that's that's disgusting. And I think that might have actually been the motivator for me to kind of for that ghost gym where I unfortunately found out my weight. And um, and dude, like, it's it's scary when you're confronted with like a really bad photo because there's no hiding. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like, oh, this is how I look. And, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah, I'm on camera quite a bit, sadly. You know. Yeah, and it just and and as far as like body types and everything go, like I'm. I mean, I, I have no idea. I just know that I'm trying to lose a lot, a lot of, lot of weight right now because I think at the very least I know I shouldn't be above two ten. You know, like I should honestly like 
I'm my biggest. I should be like 210. And that's what I'm trying to go to. Like, uh, you know, like sometimes when I'm like 230 or something, like, I don't think I look bad. I just, I just like, for me, it's, it's all about health now. Or maybe when I was younger, it was like more about getting attention from people or hearing good job or something, you know? For me, it's about energy, dude. Like in two, in 2015, and I was natch, fucking just natch. My energy when I was like at 233, 228, people were like, slow down. I much rather have people say, yo, lower the volume, slow down. Then like, are you okay? Because I'm spacing out like because I'm fucking hating myself and shit. Um, and this is why I don't want to talk about this now, maybe some other time, but like, I wonder if Kanye West is actually bipolar or if he's just a really, really bright color. And I feel like people try to be like, he's bipolar. I feel like just let him be wild. People can't handle wild people like you have. There's such a strange thing going on right now. And I'm going to get off the subject really fast. There, there's such a strange thing going on right now where it's like, you know, the uh, Pink Floyd. Uh, we don't need no whatever the fuck that song is called that whole music video archetype of just like the people need to be the same, need to be uniform, need to shut up, be quiet, speak when you're spoken to, like that kind of thing is what's going on like in pop culture right now, even though it's such a microcosm of our country. Kanye will never be that. He's never going to toe the line. And so I wonder if he's genuinely has a, has a chemical imbalance going on with him. If so, this guy needs help. We need to put him on medication, help him out, balance him out, whatever even if it curbs some creativity, but, or I just wonder if he's just from Chicago, just a black dude from Chicago who just turns up every now and then. And so I know for me, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm feeling myself and I'm comfortable in my clothes and I'm, I get to, I get to be me, the me I like to be. Um, I know people are like, yo, chill, you know, but it's like, I, I, I like to be at that level, man. And as a creative, like, look, I'm far more inclined to have the self-esteem to make a video that I'm a front in front of if I get to be the bright color that I get to be, you know? And so li like you, I have a limited option. Not, not that you said this, but yeah, I've, I've mastered the, the, the illusion of like looking straight to the camera, but like I I'm limited in my options of, of what I can do without like looking like a giant fucking lethargic fat ass on camera I don't want that and I don't think anybody wants to see that you know so I'm limited and I don't like it I don't want I can't how are you on time are you good on time I don't want to take up too much of your time no I'm, I'm good on time and and uh, you bring up those photos and like to, to be honest like there is a part of me when I see photos at my um brother's wedding like I look at myself and I'm like Ugh. like and, I'm, and, and again I'm not even like what I perceive as a bad way to just like there's certain angles, even when I'm only 250 or whatever, only 250. <laughs> like, I still don't like how I look. And I'm just like, the only weight I had ever been, or I was just like, any angle you get, or I'm like, hey, I like that angle, was when I was below 210, you know? And that's when I felt like you can get me my worst angle on my worst day, and I still look kind of fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think about how much confidence I had. Like early 2011 to late 2010, and I just like I don't know. Like in some ways, I don't like that my confidence is tied to my weight. But I wonder it if it's 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 tied to your physiology. 
Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and that's what I was going to get at. I was like, I wonder if it's just more in terms of just like what you were saying. Like I, I had so much energy and I had, um, cause when I was in wrestling, I was eating a decent amount to obviously stay in my weight class. <laughs> and, and, um, I just felt like, like, I don't know, like I, I, I felt really happy. Like I was like, you know, like running I was doing 75 pushups just cause I was kind of bored and I was just like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> and then like, I've never gotten that, like, of health like the closest maybe would have been 2015 when i was doing like weightlifting mm. but um which was also really fun which i kind of just doing if uh the pandemic ever ends i might get back into that but but um like i don't know like <laughs> I, I i searched up shia labeouf how tall do you think he is i'm nine he's five nine how much do you think he weighs like his walk his uh, i don't know like 160 158 so very close very very close so for me man like i would have to have put some muscle on working out feel pretty good at 158 which means pretty not a lot of fat um i can't imagine that right now that's literally a hundred pounds less than what i am right now i i can't i can't imagine that and it's not even about like how long that'll take or i don't care about that i don't care if it takes two years but what, 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 what am I supposed to, like, I just, that feels impossible. It feels well, impossible that that's supposed to be normal. Not that this is normal. Like being one, 260 isn't normal. I don't, I don't want this, man. Like, I don't fucking want this. I'm sick of it. I hate it. I fucking hate it. But I also want it, whatever I, wherever I land. Cause eventually, you know, you're not, you're not, eventually you're going to be working out and eating well you have a routine it's the new normal and you're not trying to lose weight it's no longer the goal when that happens and that wouldn't that be the day you know but i just want to prepare for that so when i'm close to it not only do i have something a target that i can hit but also that way you have new goals once you're there like that that's that's what's going to inspire me and i truly believe in order to get there like there is no chocolate fudge on Sundays, some days, like, you know, no, like I get it when you're the rock. I get it when you're Vince McMahon, you have one cheat date a month or whatever. I get that. That's just not, I ain't fucking there. I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that that's well, and, fucking that, possible. That's, and that's an important thing. I think you bring it up is that like, for me, like a cheat day is, is like something you shouldn't even be thinking about when you, when you start. Totally. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that means that you're only losing weight, eat, which is not like healthy. You know? Absolutely. And I, I think I think I may go down on I think it's like a, an occasional like 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 half a cheat meal or something like that is fine. Maybe I I don't do it personally, but I can understand someone that does. But um, but I'm not. I don't even think about cheat days. Like it's never been something that excites me, and I'm glad that I don't that way when i'm in the weight loss journey because i think it's kind of toxic i think uh you're losing weight only to eat again and i think that's kind of what i did when i was 18 maybe like i don't like know exactly what 18 year old jared was thinking but I, i'm willing to bet maybe he thought that way I and i think i'm sorry go ahead please yeah if 10 years have changed anything in me it's just that mindset where i don't like, to be honest like the the idea of eating a chocolate sundae doesn't even excite me the way it did you know even like five years ago and um and I, I feel like I've gotten better relationship with food over time, which is why I've been able to like 
relatively stay away from my danger weights, you know, which is like 260, 272, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And the only thing that still brings me down is chips. And I, and it's like, um, it's like so super- interesting. And it's like a like a lover that you can't get away from, and it's just like yeah. I tell Claire, here. Claire loves chips, and for her, it's the same. Like, she will order Chipotle, but for the chips, you know, and the meal is kind of like the entree. The chips is the main course, and I tell her, yeah. you know, it's the crunch. She likes the crunch. That's what it is. Yeah. There, yeah, there are very low calorie, quote unquote, keto alternatives like pork rinds, very crunchy, very low on calories. They're, it's like eating no nothing. Chip. Yeah. Um, no, and, and I, I hear all that, man. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, like I, I don't know. Like, to be honest, like, even talking about it right now. I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, and no. it's fine because because I, I want to like, I want to get through it. I'm gonna turn like, my fan on, right so it, you might hear it in the background. Sorry, listeners, I'm in my garage. It's Austin. It's fucking hot. It's 12 noon. It's fucking <laughs> hot. So I'm turning on my fan. Sorry for the, the hum. Um, you know, and I apologize for that. How you feel about chips? Um, I feel that way about like twelve other things. Yeah, it's and, terrible. And, and, and to me, I've cut down a lot of like the bad stuff, but but it's just like like um, it's like one of those movies where you think you you have a best friend and it's chips, and then you realize that it was like kind of. I would tell you, you that if you are serious about oh, back in the day, Jr. had an eating disorder. I would make the argument very clear that once in recovery, always in recovery, you have to look at it like an AA thing. Um, it's so easy for Steve-O or Eminem. There's a reason why they're still in recovery. There's a reason why they're sober. There's a reason why they still go to AA in their own way and get their chips or whatever. It's because they know that all it takes is one relapse and it's gone. They know that one, one Advil you know, can lead to something else. One sip of wine can lead to something else. Um, so I would tell you, like, if if it's if it's that harsh, like, you, you should probably make your peace with leaving chips behind and search for healthy alternatives, such as maybe you make your own keto blah, blah, blah chips. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe, maybe one day. Like, I, I, I don't know, like, I can't quit it cold turkey, and that's like, big issue for me in in 2015 i i I didn't quit at all like i remember i would like just pay like a thousand calories for me it's just gonna be a chip like it's just it's gonna happen some days and i kind of wow this time around yeah this time around i've cut it down to like like a chip a week for the last like two weeks and it's like usually with the sandwich Mm. and it's like just the other day, I, I this is gonna sound so funny, but I was getting my sandwich at a bodega, right? And I was like, looking at the chip I used to get, and I was like, I wonder if I could fit this in my in my calorie day. So I looked at it, I got the hot Cheeto bag, I did the the calculation. I was like, what the fuck? There's 900 calories in this, and it blew my mind. And I probably knew that, but like, just seeing the number like in in front of your face, it was just like, whoa. So I just got like the little small bag that was like 150 or not 150, 190, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this is, and it was fine. It, I was full, and like honestly, like. I know I can eat a good meal without chips. And like, and like, maybe you're right. Maybe I should just quit it. Cause like, if I do know that, then why do I keep going back to it? You know? Yeah. It's I'm dude, I'm telling you, I mean, I just don't Here's what it is. Either you're a junkie or you're not. And you have to be honest with yourself. I can't tell you whether you are or not. If you are, there is no, the occasional side crack rock. 
There isn't. No. There isn't one beer for an alcoholic. It doesn't exist. And so for me, it's that way with sugar, my guy. Like, it's that way. It's fucking that way. But I take it so seriously that I'm like, well, pasta and bread turns to sugar. So I got to eliminate that. And then, and then dairy, there's a whole argument in all these studies to be made that like human beings ain't supposed to fuck with dairy other than like the probiotics in a, in a whatever, whatever, like your occasional cottage cheese or whatever the fuck it is, yogurt, whatever the fuck. But like cow's milk, we're not supposed to have, not really. Butter, cheese, like we're not really supposed to, our bodies weren't supposed to drink other animals' milk. I understand if you're starving, this is a completely different thing. Completely different conversation. Everybody's different. But for me, like, there's so much. Say, for example, I had a friend who told me, um, who's trying to help me on this journey. And she said um, that she loves cereal, but she will have cereal for dinner. And it'll be like Raisin Bran with almond milk, right, for dinner. And I tried that. And then I'm like, fuck this almond milk shit. And I get the, the whole milk. But that shit is like, is like Mountain Dew. There's so much sugar in milk. Right. So like I don't trust dairy. There's sugar and cheese like I, I don't trust it. And, and then there's like a, an extreme. There are these extremes where I remember I was in Hawaii for work just this past November. I was on this military base. I couldn't get access. This very kind lady who was like this black lady who looked like 35, but she was 65. And we got to chat and she was telling me how she has one cheat day and it's on her birthday every year. And it was such an event that. She was showing me pictures on her iPhone of McDonald's. She got a McGriddle for her birthday. And like a, one of those like mocha frap bullshits that have like chocolate chips in it. That's what she got for her birthday. And she was like, instead of a cheat day, it was a cheat meal because I, I felt like shit for the rest of the day. And I was like, I would love to be that guy that on my birthday, it for me, it's going to be going to Fuddruckers and like eating this very bready you know, cheesy fries, all that kind of shit, greasy, like, that sounds good, making it an event out of it, you get a root beer float, you overdo it on your birthday once a year, but as a junkie, I, if I'm being honest and true to myself, I know, I can't do it, I can't even do that, I can't smoke the occasional crack rock, I just can't, it has to be all or nothing, and like, how I tap into my momentum is from that extreme, is from saying no dairy, I call them the white devils. No dairy, no sugar, no bread, no pasta. Like, I just can't have that. I can't have that, man. And, like, there's an, I mean, I understand for those people, this does not apply if you have a healthy relationship with food, but I don't. I don't have a healthy relationship with food. It's abuse, man. And, it, and, and I, it's like cutting or it's like um, drugs. Like, I, it's too, it, it, it's my brain, man. Like I told you how I ate that one donut and I heard demons and that's not an exaggeration. I literally heard, it's my own brain obviously, but I heard like, take out your fucking dick and jack off. What is that? Because of one donut? No, thank you, man. And it doesn't matter if it's a donut or if it's a Hershey's kiss, something ostensibly harmless. I cannot, man. I cannot. And so that might be you with chips. I, it sounds like it's, it mind fucks you already. So just saying out there, are you a junkie or not? If you're not, well, then I think you could find a reasonable balance. But if you are, just opt out. Opt out, my guy. Opt out.
Yeah, and maybe, maybe I will if I feel it hurts. It hurts me, but like I feel like I'm talking to, to Jake honest, the Snake right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like to, to be to be honest, like if there's one thing I think I think I'm kind of good at, it's like it's like if I find something that really truly like is affecting me, like I I can usually cut it out. Like even as a kid, I cut out Kool Aid and Coke pretty fast, and I. I hardly drink that stuff now, and um, and I cut out like most of the desserts uh, when I want to. Like it's pretty easy for me to cut out desserts, and for whatever reason, chips are just kind of like at that for me. And it's like I guess because it's been around for so long that I just think of it as like part of meals, you know. And I in that way, it should just be something I cut out. Like if I make sandwich, like maybe I should make a side salad, or maybe I should eat some popcorn, <laughs> you know, something something lame like that. <laughs> But for whatever reason, the crunch of chips is you know, gets me going, which is maybe kind of a bad thing, to be honest. But I think I could get to a point, maybe I'm wrong, where I don't eat chips for a lot of time. But if I, if someone offers me a chip, like I probably will eat it and I probably will enjoy it. But I think I can say without any like hesitation, like I can probably, I'm never going to buy like a chip at a grocery store again, just because like, and I finished that so fast. Like the other day I got in like one of those industrial size, not the other day, but like this was like weeks ago now, um, like uh, Tostito bags or, or whatever. And I was just like, I had a salsa and I just like finished the whole salsa thing. Like in one set and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I was just like, this is bad. And I think I have no self-control. So if like I purposely limit the chip that comes in, like I can, I'm pretty good at that. I just can't like actively buy it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I've gotten good at it. Like, you know, the last three times I've gone grocery shopping, I've I gotten any. Even though, I, like, the, this last time, it was kind of hard. I was looking at the Fritos, and I was like, it's right there, man. It's right there. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not worth it. I walked past it. And, you know, maybe one day I get to the point where, like, I need to honestly. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're not hearing yourself. You don't know how bad it is. Like, if you just took the transcript of what you're saying, you yourself would be like, that's like dialogue I wrote from a junkie who's not self-aware. I'm serious. (laughs) You're like, like, maybe in four years, you know, I give myself the occasional chip. I'm like, what are you saying right now? Are you fucking out of your mind? You're out of your mind. Might be. (laughs) I think so. And that's okay. That's okay too. Like it's it's cool, man. You know, like this is all part of it. I think you'll go back yeah. and listen to this and be like, "I'm addicted." I'm addicted. And maybe, like, you know, okay, well, okay, I I, I won't eat a chip anymore <laughs> as much as I want to. Because honestly, there is alternatives, and it's pretty easy to get those alternatives. What's that? <laughs> Just like, what are the alternatives? I don't know, like popcorn or like kale chips. Like they're there. Okay. You know, 30 calories instead of 190 calories per serving. Like, it's there, but, you know. It's like, honestly, like, I guess for me, there isn't just a good alternative. Like, so, like, when I no longer eat ice cream, I'm just eating a Greek yogurt with, like, a scooping of, like, low-sugar jam, which is, like, usually, like, less than 150 calories. Like, that's so easy to do instead of the ice cream, which is, like, you know, like, so much. And, um, you know, maybe it's time I actually do find an alternative for it. And... And it's possible, like, you know, because everything is just about doing it. And I think for the longest time I've been avoiding that crossroad because it's just not as fun to eat, <laughs> you know, popcorn because I don't like how it gets stuck in my teeth or eat mm-hmm. chip because it tastes like ass or something. <laughs> you know? but, 
But honestly, if I'm being like honest, like a chip doesn't really have that much flavor to me. Besides like the occasional hot cheeto and takis, which I'm saying right now, I'm quitting those. So that means mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. I'm looking at potato chips and, tors- uh, and like a, a corn tortilla chip. Mm-hmm. Those don't really taste like anything. So what's really drawn me to those? You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, I think old, you're old right. Habit. You might be right. Old habit, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's familiar. Just, it's, just like a, like, it's like an oral fixation that I can honestly cut out. Mm-hmm. And I guess I never really thought about it because, like, just the other day when I had that sandwich, I had, like, these deli chips that weren't even that good. They were just, like, there. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I never really thought about it. But, yeah, yeah, I probably should, I should maybe quit those if, they, if all it is is just, like, extra, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I would consider it. It doesn't sound worth it. It doesn't sound like a net positive. It sounds like a topping, you know, but it's something that you can't help. Um, and I understand that people around you, they want JR to be happy. They want JR to have the occasional chips. A normal person sh- should have the occasional uh, occasional chips. But, it, you know, we didn't have a normal childhood and we haven't had a normal adulthood. And it's a struggle and it's not supposed to be this hard. And I think it's hard because of our old wiring. So like our neurons are so unbreakably connected, the the chains of our neurons of like when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to the Dorito, like that alone, like it's it's it, it becomes pornography. It becomes a drug and it's an addiction that doesn't serve you. And, you know, that's what I believe, man. Like, you know, everybody has their own thing. Like for some people, it might be chocolate chips. For some people, it might be soda. For you, it's chips, you know? And I had no idea that one Hot Cheetos bag could be up to 700 calories. Like, I'll just stay away. I'll just stay away. calories, And it's not even, like, a particularly big bag. It's just, like... Um, yeah, I know I what you're talking at, about. And it was just, like, yeah, like, Takis and Hot Cheetos, which are my two favorite, are so just high in calories that I probably should avoid them. And honestly, like, a potato chip and a corn chip isn't as high, but it's not as good. If it's just like a gateway drug to the hot Cheeto, mm-hmm. then yeah, step away and just eat popcorn or something. <laughs> I think that's or, best, man. You know, so, I guess, yeah. So, so think, how do you feel about this conversation? Do you feel like you hit all your spots? Yeah, I guess so. I guess the, the, the one spot I wasn't expecting was just like me maybe giving up chips. Well, I, just want, I just want to make sure I did right by you. Um, I had a bunch of stuff on my list real real dark shit to get into but i don't want to get into it just to get into it maybe i'll save it for some some other time where it's more organic and it comes up but like i have had dark like dirk diggler trying to get hard in a truck not that dark but like it feels that dark like these moments of like i'm in a park by myself eating a birthday cake by myself like these moments of like how the fuck did i get here and what's what's terrible is like the next day is when you really feel it. And so the next day you feel bad, so you need to pick me up. So then you do something that makes you feel good in the moment, but then it makes you feel bad. That becomes a week. That becomes a month. That becomes a year. Yeah. You know, so then, like, that's just... If you, ever get on a, if you ever get in a slump, it becomes too too much. Like for me, like I was always really embarrassed to bring my food back home because uh, I knew my brother would see it. I knew my parents would see it. So I would eat food in my car just to avoid the embarrassment of people seeing how much I was eating. I get that. That's real talk, man. That's fucking real, dude. Like, nobody wants to go there. It's too painful. It's embarrassing. I know. But it's also real life. Like, I, I still struggle with that to this day. I 
dude, I had two tacos from one taco this morning. Like, and so a part of me wants to be like, I will start tomorrow, you know, but it's like, I have to start now. I have to start now. I have to take that L and be like, look, it's fucking, I can burn that off. I can burn that off and it'll be like, it didn't happen. That's just the truth. But I really need to be fucking dude. Cause when I'm committed, there's nothing else. Like I'm not the funnest guy to be around during that time. You know, but it's it's not forever. And then you get into that groove and then you're you're who you really are. And then you're more fun to be around. But this is during quarantine. I'm not around anybody right now. So I yeah. I need to I need to make that change and, and uh, flip the switch. For, for me, I totally understand that because right now I feel like I'm such a bore. And I think it's just because I'm constantly thinking of like. Of like uh, like cool meals I can make or something like that are like or projecting the end calories because like i'm also at the point where like i don't want to eat too little you know mm-hmm. it's like there's a whole other side effect to that so i do feel like sometimes i'm just like super like laser focused and i think part of that is my add where or my adhd where i just kind of get like oh i just start thinking way too much and i can tell i'm boring <laughs> but like you like you said it's only a limited time and it usually like lasts for like only like a couple of weeks and then you kind of get in the groove of like of what to eat and what to do and all but, but yeah no i totally go you because like i think both me and you have that that mindset of we can do whatever and i think our big weakness we be told is just like we think the finish line is the finish line when maybe there's no finish line until oh it's over <laughs> you get what i mean like like we always have to be thinking about the food we're eating and the choices we make because yeah. if we don't, it's so easy to slip. Like both me and you have talked about how much weight we can gain in such a short amount of time. Yep. And it's just because like I have these habits that are ingrained in me, what I'm supposed to eat, which is not the case at all, you know? And, and like, I have to break that habit, but man, it's like over 20 years of habit, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and that's where like, I think this counting calorie thing like I can't think of it as like a goal, like a like a way to help me get to my goal weight. It's a it's a way for me to always be accountable for what I am eating, you know. And sure, I can cut out food, like, and that's why like I'm I'm a little bit disagreeing with you. Like I do think, obviously, I I, I should and I could cut out chips, but I also know that it's very possible that I just find a new crutch. You know what I mean? Of like something else that's really good that I eat too much of. And that's where, like, it becomes where, like, you have to keep yourself accountable, even if you get to that end goal. Because we've both been at weights, or we've been sort of happy, and we can just gain it back. But, like, even when we're at that that weight where we feel comfortable, we also have to realize that that doesn't give us the license to, like, overeat just because we cut out this, that, and that, you know? Can you control, can you control, like, say you go to a party, and it's like, wow, look, an assortment of chips. I can have all the chips I want. Are you, like jackpot or can you be like i will not have any chips tonight or i will only have a few chips tonight can you police your portion control there to be honest when it comes to chips this is like this is something else but if i was at a party and there was that many chips i'm such a germaphobe that i just can't eat the chips just for that reason but i mean like bags say bags like all the thaki bags yeah Yeah, like they they had like assorted bags i probably would probably would uh go crazy (laughs) so so that right there so when you say that because you had said something, and I was like, "That's the that's a junkie talk," and it's it's interesting to me that you can't hear it. I'm not doing a bit. Like, <laughs> you had said yeah. something. You're like, uh, 
I could quit chips if I wanted to, but, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's an alcoholic saying, I'd, I could have the occasional six pack during a Dallas Cowboys game. And it's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You're going to wake up the next day and be like, how did I get here? You know, for real, yeah. like for, for true people that have a problem. Like I remember not, ha- I, I went like 30 days, no sugar, which is very hard, very, very hard. And then that's when all the temptations come in, dude. And then your, your, your senses go up. You can smell things you couldn't smell before. You know, you could smell sugar all of a sudden when you couldn't before. And people will be yeah, like, Here, no. would you like a bite-sized mini Snickers? And I remember just thinking like, no. And then being so proud of myself, like, I did it. I said no. Like, you know, how hard that is. That's when you know you're fucking addicted. I think for guys like you and me, guys like us, I think it's different, man. Like, we're not, we can't pretend and delude ourselves into thinking we're going to be functioning normal members of society who have the occasional chips. We, I don't think that's, that doesn't exist, man. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's just say I am wrong. But consider it, consider it just because I know for me, I can't have one piece of cake and be fine. I'm not even going to, I've already, I've already done, I've already failed at that a hundred times. You know, that's the, that's what Einstein calls insanity. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, and I think you actually did hit like a, like a wall with me where it's like, um, not a wall, like, like a, whatever, like you broke like a glass ceiling for me. Cause like now I do know that for me is just kind of like the comfort thing. And like, I don't really truly need it. And then that way I can quit it. And like, I feel comfortable quitting it. The other thing, reason why it's dangerous, I think, to like just quit foods is that if it ever confronts to us again, I don't want that to be a reason why we actually relapse because I don't care how big your meal is. One meal isn't going to kill you if you can get back on track. But just because like, let's say one day, like I quit chips for years, right? And then like randomly, just fucking the hot Cheeto bag. I don't want that hot Cheeto bag to be the reason why I fucking... I'm sorry, like, fucking finding these tostitos and stuff like that. Oh, my God. My mindset, I have to know that I can't let something have that much control over me. I hear what you're saying. On the flip side, on the flip side, if it hasn't worked for you thus far in your 27 years, isn't that a sign? And and I agree. And that's why I feel comfortable telling you that I I really, truly want to quit it. But I also, like, I, I just know that, like, this idea of, like, I giving something that much power over you is, is not healthy. And, and like, I I want to get to the point where, like, I don't want a chip just because I don't want a chip. It's like that with me with, for Coke, you know? Like, I can drink Coke and be like, uh, fine. Like, I drink it, you know? And it's like, whatever. But it's like, if you would have done that to, like, 10-year-old Jerry, you would be like, what? Oh. But, like, or 18-year-old Jerry with, like, ice cream, you know? Something like that. And it's just, like... I want to get to that point of chips where it doesn't have the power over me to like up my <laughs> my whole fucking like routine, you know. And I think, um, you know, and it's possible. At least I think for me, it's possible. Maybe I'm wrong. It sounds I'm like, like I, it. It sounds like you're in an entanglement with chips. In <laughs> entanglement, and I and I agree, and that's why I like, like I do want to quit it, but I also, on the fl- on the fl- flip side, for this is like advice to you. I want you to like know that like no one food should have that much power of you. And I, and I applaud you for, for wanting to quit sugar, but I also don't want it to like, just be like a reason for you to like relapse when you get back into it. You know what I mean? Or like not back into it, but like, let's just say randomly you fuck, happens. Like you fall into a piece of cake. <laughs> you know? No, no, I don't agree with this at all. I don't agree with this. Like I keep, I sound like a broken record. Um, but it sounds like 
imagine telling a junkie, dude, like, here's the thing. Do you see yourself going through life with no heroin at all? <laughs> like, think about that. Like, JR, do you really want to go without one bump of Coke? I mean, you should be able to do the occasional line of Coke and not go back to being a Coke fiend. And that's what I'm hearing. Like, I, I'm not playing. Like, I cannot hear it any other way. Like, you're telling an alcoholic, dude, just have one beer. That's what you're saying. To me. Yeah. To me. Not, I think, like, what you're saying could apply. Like, I, I think you're an idealist in a way. Like, you, what you're saying is optimistic. And I understand exactly what you're saying. It's not misunderstood, you know. Like, hey, if you do have one Twix, don't throw your life away. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, for sure. It might happen. But I also know that the shame, the pain, this, it's like a streak. Like, I don't want to let the streak down. But I also know it's not healthy to, to be like, the streak, the streak, the streak. Of course, it's not he healthy. But I think, like, for me, I can't have a healthy relationship with food. Like, I, I can't. Not until I completely rehabilitate. Like, you know, Amy Winehouse died because she went through alcohol withdrawals. And so now... You know, they'll put they'll give people like they have to wean off of it. Like, I can't wean off of it. I can't. I've tried it. Like, I have to. I'm for me. It's a cold turkey thing. I have to go 10 days, new sugar. It's a new brain. It's a new relationship with my cognition. And it's a wonderful feeling. And and then there is no occasional uh, occasional uh, Hershey's kiss. Because it goes back. And that's just the consistency I've dealt, I've lived with for 32 years. And I think that could be a genetic thing. I think it's a. I think it's my neurons, you know, they're linked in a certain way that like, um, think about like all the times, JR, that you've had chips in the car by yourself because you didn't want people to know. That shame is associated to the chips as much as the, 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 the pleasure of a comfort food is associated to the chips. And so when you're at some party a year down the line, you're like, I'll have a Dorito. The shame is still linked to that. The shame is still linked to that. And to me, that's where it's like, why can't we live in a chip-free world? It's unnatural. Like, I, it's the same thing with birthday cake. Like, it's unnatural. Like, I would love if one day with my grandchild I have a birthday cake, and I'm okay. But I, I'll tell you this right now from first base, I, I ain't even – that's not a goal. Like, the goal yeah, is to no, get clean, <laughs> you know, for real. And, like, and as, I'm, as I'm talking about this, I've kind of changed my view of, like, because like honestly i feel like i probably could go my whole life without a chip i guess i just like don't like the idea of like giving something that much power and and chips honestly are kind of easy to quit because something you have to almost like seek out you get what i mean Where like sugar i don't feel like it's sometimes like hidden you know what i mean like and that's and that's where it's like like i i, I kind of just i think you should like avoid like like processed sugar and things that are obviously sugared, like those like freaking like naked juices or whatever, or, or like any number of things. But I also think, um, you know, not, not every sugar is the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course, I mean? there's there's sugar in, in a grapefruit, in a cantaloupe, and watermelon, you know, that I think is good. But I'm talking about Kit Kat bars. I'm talking about Big Red. I'm talking about root beer. I'm talking about whipped cream. I'm talking about putting sugar in your coffee, which I don't do. I've never done that. And I, I despise people that do. Sorry if you're one of them. But I'm talking about like uh, licorice, like, you know, all these little things that like when Halloween comes around. And also for me, raising kids, like, here's the thing. Like, 
and their and their little lunchables they have Oreos. That to me is like contraband. Like I don't even want to have an Oreo in my house. I don't want to have a pop tart, you know, and so on. So you'd be surprised. You go into a gas station. It's just sugar. The whole fucking place is sugar. Like everything sugar. Everything is sugar. You know, the yeah. your the sugar in your bread. You know, so it's like wow. Especially the white breads, yeah. Absolutely, and so that's kind of what I mean. Like you know, and also being being Mexican American, like you know, there's sugar in your tortillas for crying out loud, and and and, and tamales, and like there's just so much unhealthy shit for sure. Um, ketchup, ketchup has sugar. Ketchup affects me. I can't have ketchup, you know, and so on. So that's kind of what I mean is like the processed, unhealthy packaging of sugar and so on. Like, and this is why, like, I I texted you so early in the morning. I felt bad, but you responded so quickly. So I thought, I guess it was okay. But like, it was the the junkie in me was like, dude, oh, good, good for you. Um, The junkie in me was like, dude, what do you think about Gatorade? Because for me, well, then I buy a 12 pack of Gatorade. I drink three a day and it's just like, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I just can't. So it's like I can't have any, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad you, you talk you talking a, a bit about this for me because like for whatever reason, like since I was a, since I got past the point where like I found out that, that like, how much calories are in sugary drinks, I've kind of like just learned how to avoid it. Like occasionally I do get a Gatorade if like after ACL one year, I remember I had a Gatorade. Like I didn't like only control over it, but like sometimes I, I am that way with, with chips. And that's why I've gotten into this like new rule, which I'm adjusting now. I don't want to buy it anymore because, like, sometimes at late at night, I want a snack. I fucking make nachos. Like, ugh, like why do I do that? But I did it, and I do it constantly. Like, there's a part of me. Goodbye to that era, and like, but I also freaking know that like, my brother makes a really good salsa, and I want I'm gonna want to try that one day, and, and it's just like, in. I don't know. Like, he puts, but like, does he put sugar in the sugar, sauce? Oh, you mean with the chips? That's what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, with the chips, like I'm sick. I Dude, guess I could eat it with just a spoon. Uh, for me, man, like it, <laughs> it, 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 we shouldn't. I don't know. Here, here's the two sides. Number one is yeah. it should be okay. It should be okay. But then the other side of the of the angle is if these are the conversations we're having, it's not for us. Yeah, for for sure. But like, I should be able to cheat on my wife when I'm out of the zip code. If I'm in a different <laughs> country, it doesn't count. Well, if she so kind of looks like her, it should be okay. It's, that's what I feel like. That's what we're doing here. I know I'm being a little funny, but I mean no, it. No. I, I guess. I guess for me, like, there's like a balance. <laughs> We've talked about an, for an hour about chips, but uh, I'm okay with that. No, no, no. It's fine. Well, I thought we were like kind of done recording. To be honest, I don't know. Oh no, I'm still recording, brother. I'm still recording. Oh, okay, because you had said like did we hit every beat. No, for for me, like now I'm more more so talking about giving something so much power see because like i've kind of come to this like this like um this thing of like i don't want anything to have that much power over me like so the only time i guess i maybe would have been considered like much of a drinker was like 20 2013 24 i forget but one of those years right like i was drinking like a lot and i was i realized that i kind of stopped and now i can have the occasional drink and i feel like sometimes i have this like really good willpower and i've never like <laughs> I've never like actually confronted myself with chips, like because like for me, like when I lost a bunch of weight in 2015, yeah, it was everything else, you know. Uh-huh. And then now, I'm looking at it like I feel like I could be wrong. I could listen to this later and be like, oh, I was so wrong about that. But I feel like I could actually just like put it and like have the occasional one like every once in a while. But who knows? Like I don't know until like I'm confronted with that. But, right. 
the, but the reason why like I gain weight so quickly is just because I binge eat so much. Yeah. So, like I need to cut that out, but I don't binge eat. Like, that's the problem. On You're right. That that's much. absolutely the problem. That's the problem is, is the portion control. So I asked and you said at the party scenario, you go a little nuts, right? So here's, here's what you should do just for the good old exercise and, and know that, know that if you tell, if you, if you tell yourself, if you tell yourself these terms in the beginning, just know that you might not go inside a shame cycle, but you should go one year without chips. And then when it comes up organically, if you're like, it's the day of, I need chips, there's a problem, right? Yeah. But if it comes up organically after a year, what if you're just like, not for me? Great. That's your volition. It doesn't have power over you. But if you're like, let me give it a shot. You have chips and you're like, oh my God, this is like Homer Simpson with a beer. Well, then you know, <laughs> and just be honest with yourself. But you knew, you do yeah. need to kind of separate, get out of the entanglement, give it some time, yeah. and no, then pre- see pre- how you feel. Like I, I would argue, like I asked one of my, I won't say who, someone very close to me who's trying to quit alcohol. And he's like, I can go, I can go two weeks without alcohol before getting, he's like, I don't, he's like, I think I have like a will, a willpower, a tolerance where like, I don't get the withdrawal pangs. And I'm like, what's the longest you've ever gone without drinking? He's been drinking for 15 years. And he's like two weeks. And I'm like, dude, you haven't gone 30 days. You haven't gone six weeks. You don't know when the, when the withdrawal pangs would hit you. So that's why. And if you've only gone two weeks, don't, you're not hearing yourself. You think he has no control over you. You think two weeks is a fucking victory. You don't get a trophy for two weeks. Like that is not normal, right? So I would ask you, you know, how long have you gone without chips consciously before in your life? See, but that's the thing is like until recently, I feel like I've never even thought about it. Like, you know what I mean? Ah. It's like like for me, like like my big thing at one time. But but when you're when you're in in weight loss mode, surely it's on top of mind, right? Like that's where it's it's a little weird because like the times i've lost a bunch of weight like the only time i really probably quit chips was 2011 when i dropped a bunch of weight right uh or 2010 i mean uh but 2015 when i dropped a bunch of weight like i wasn't really conscious of like the chips like for me like 2015 it was more so about quitting my milkshakes my um my binge eating which was like pluckers thai food you know you know stuff like that like because i remember sometimes i would do this like really disgusting thing like going to this one part of Austin that was near my place, and I would go to get some frozen yogurt and then get some Thai food, right? And Thai food is like fourteen hundred calories or something, and I would have an appetizer with it. Like for me, like that at that time was my main focus of cutting out those crazy binge eating habits. And like those those things weren't connected to chips. You know what I mean? Like for me, like I only eat chips when I eat a sandwich, which I considered at the time like a healthy meal. Which maybe now I don't because of the bread and the chips. <laughs> but, but in 2015 I did so I wasn't really on top of it then and then when I lost a, a, a bit of weight in 2018 2019 again that was just more so like that at lunch I would eat either pizza or something and I switched that out instead for salads at Toe Foods and like, that's the only thing I changed then I, I dropped a bunch of weight so until like somewhat recently I never really confronted with the idea and maybe I'd be wrong but like I feel like I agree with you that I probably should just quit it for like a year or something and see how it felt after that and see if it really does have this like huge like shadow over me or if it's just like something like everything else I've kind of quasi quit in my life where it's just like it's something that I just assumed was okay for me until it wasn't anymore. I think I've gotten to that point of chips in my life where I could you eat a sandwich could you eat sandwiches without having chips (laughs) or are you like why even bother with a sandwich then 
Yeah, I'm, I'm more like, why even bother? Because to me, so I don't that, even like that, the sandwich. Like, see, that's the thing. The chips have way more power than you think. Yeah, but but see, but like, I also know that a sandwich for me isn't like necessarily the most healthy option. So I probably should just cut that out too. You know, like I, yeah. I'm at the point now where like I, I'm almost 30 and I probably probably should cut out as much as any unnecessary bread. You know what I mean? Of course. I agree with that. And, and I, as, I, as I've gotten older, I felt like I've gotten into these like healthier habits, which is why I haven't ballooned as much as I used to. But it's also like I need to develop more healthy habits. You know, like I've, I've gotten as far as I could without drinking the sugary drinks, without um, going fucking crazy at Pluckers or <laughs> whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now the next step is to maybe cut out the sandwiches because like to me, it's 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 kind of a twofold thing because it's such an easy meal to make. But it's also like gives me an excuse to like fucking go Tabasco wild on chips in and I think I'm at this point now during this conversation where, like, I know I probably should give that up because that's probably the last actual vice of my eating habits that have been ingrained in me since I was a kid. You know, I've mm-hmm. quit the sugary drinks. I've quit. I mean, honestly, binge eating is also still a part of me. Like, it, I don't do it, like, as much as I did in my in my fucking, like, demon days. But, like, occasionally I, I, I did. Yeah. In New York, I do have those, like dark times where i'm just like i need to fucking go hard on something you know mm-hmm. so but like i guess if there's one thing i do want to get rid of it's like this binge eating part but every weight loss thing i've read or any person that lost a lot of weight they all struggle with it that's yep. why i know occasionally i'm gonna relapse with it and i think i've gotten better over the years of like being caused uh being like very thoughtful about it and being like it doesn't have to like mean the end of any, you know. That is okay. true. That is true. Um, I think you're right on paper. I feel like I went through that and it wasn't successful for me. Like yeah. the occasional relapse, just fucking forgive yourself. Like for me, yeah, but I I, I can't get my momentum back. And also, it, it goes back in tandem with like my relapses are devastating. It's it's buying a 20-piece, buying a, a chocolate fudge sundae, dipping the 20-piece in the sundae, being like, that's delicious. I go back to work. I have a fucking monster energy drink. I get a big-ass Twix. And then when I get home, I'm like, this Whataburger time. Like, that, that is a fucking relapse to me. And, and, and I'm not saying I commit to the relapse, but just like, and dude, and then I go to bed thinking, what the fuck just happened? Like, like Michael Fassbender and shame. It's like, how did I find yeah. myself sucking a dick right now? How did that happen? You know, and, and that's that's true addiction for me. For me, it's it's a, it's an addiction, and it's it's terrible, man. You know, and so for you, like the occasional relapse, if if you can forgive yourself in real time, I would say that's that's healthy. Like do that. Like if you can do that, that's healthy. You know, and be like, it's not a relapse. It's just my new lifestyle. For me, eh, been there, done that. It didn't work for me. Like it it, yeah, it and, does not work for me. And in, in saying all this, like it's it's all very possible that. It won't work for me. And I, and I think we're both in this agreement. We're like, because I actually do agree with what you said. Like, it's, um, like, I wish I could, like, just live my life until, <laughs> until I die. Like, you know, eating, like, healthiest choices and just, like, being super duper, like, committed to it. You know what I mean? Like, making, like, like, blank or whatever, you know? And, um, but the problem with, with that mindset for me is just, like, I don't know. Like, when you 
just like it's harder it's easier said than done you know what i mean like and that's what i've learned like watching these like weight loss like journeys on youtube that people go through it's just like every single one of them always talk about like when they fall for a little bit or when they hit that plateau and they and they really hate themselves yeah and for me it's just more about i'm trying to like hit this point or like i want to have a healthy relationship with food and maybe it, it will never come you should you should seriously talk to a therapist that specializes in that because i think they can give you advice i could never give you i listen to a podcast about it and it's really 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 two podcasts this is how fucking embedded i'm in about it one's for overeating which supposedly has like the cure for it and i yeah i get very jaded and cynical about that there's a cure for it but uh and then there's one about eating disorders in general and i listen to these podcasts till to this day and they help. It's it's something, but it uh, it's not like it's not like an AA when you have a sponsor that you can call when you're like, dude, I'm at I'm at Krispy Kreme. I need help. Pull me out of here. And you just have the guy that you're calling saying, Hey, drive home, drive home right now. Facetime me. Show me. Are you home? Where are you? Like for me, it's there. It's at that level, man. You know. And so I think you need the proper tools and education. If you want to have that healthy thing right now, for me, I know like I can't even have that conversation unless I'm sober and I'm not like yesterday I had Burger King and I had um, something unhealthy. I can't recall. And the day before that, I had a Dr. Pepper and I hold on to that. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Knives. What are you doing, man? What the fuck are you doing? You know, today yeah. I had to, I, I had two bacon and egg tacos from one taco. What the fuck are you doing, knives? You know, it's autopilot for me. And so I need to get yeah. like 10, 15 days fucking sober. Yeah, the, uh, it shows on the scale. That's great. But like what it does to my brain is all of a yeah. sudden I don't want a Twix. I don't want Doritos. I don't, I'm not even craving it. I don't even want cake. It doesn't even hurt to say no after you break those that cycle. But like and, I, and the only way to break that cycle is to go fucking what's what do you call it cold turkey that's the only way to break the cycle and it truly transforms my brain like this is just i can only speak for me so but i think if you really want to give that a shot and be healthy i can't even entertain that unless i'm sober you know and i'm not right now so and and, and i guess we're, we're both in two different levels because like for steps. me i'm like in the middle of act of like um of dieting and exercise right now right like i've been committed to it for like two and a half weeks uh exercising for a little bit longer because like i said i exercised first for the first time and um and i guess like i I don't know like to to me like it's it's like not necessarily hard for me to quit food when i want to and that's why i'm excited to see what happens now that i made the commitment like chips because i think i can actually do it (laughs) but it's like i've done it with other things but, um, but done, done it for how long, though? I mean, for sugary drinks, I would say. Well, like, no, no, no. For chips. Oh, for chips. So, well, again, like, I don't know. I had I had chips once this week, right? And that was the the one time I had it. And um, but now, like, it's like to me, like, I, I didn't really consider it an issue until this podcast. Like, like I knew I had like issues with it, but like, it's also just like it connected it with my binge eating versus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. It with my my chip consumption or whatever yeah totally like like now that i've kind of like realigned my view of it i'm excited to see where like it lands is like who knows but same but i feel but i feel like pretty comfortable in saying 
right now in this moment that I I know I can kind of like quit it. But I mean, who knows? Like I maybe you'd be my AA person. Who's like, no. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be that person. Um, let's follow up in one month, August 15th. Yeah. Just remember 815, 815, like lost numbers. That's on a Saturday. Let's follow up and see where we're at. Um, how much do okay. you weigh right now? Right now, uh, I weighed myself this morning 244. That's good. So right now, conservatively, like my average, I'm probably 265 right now. Not proud okay. of that. Um, I was like 267. Like I gained this weight and it's like, motherfucker, just like two days ago. So I'll say, say, I'll say 265. Um, I'm 265. You're how much again? 244. I, I'm obviously, I'm not trying to like start a race, dude. It's not like that, but let's just see where oh, yeah, we're at. Hold, hold each other accountable in a month and just see where our brains are at in a month and our energy and like how it's affected our lifestyle or whatever. I'm, I'm very curious about the follow up. I think that'll help tremendously sure cool man i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this podcast here we hit about two hours five minutes very proud of what we were able to to talk about it was not easy and so for anybody listening if you made it this far let me know it would mean the world to me i appreciate that um share this with someone that you think is on the precipice of where jr and i are at and um give jr some feedback too man where can they find you on the internet and say what's up Oh, uh, I think on Instagram and Twitter I have the same handle, which is Juan Royal Molina. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Juan Roel Molina on Instagram and on Twitter. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Reach out to him and, and say that you made it this far. I mean, come on, man. People can't even watch a five-minute video, a 45-second TikTok, but if they made it through a two-hour podcast, that's tremendous. So, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And we're going to follow up on uh, 815 and see see where we're at. All right, man. And thank you for being so open about this stuff. Because I I feel like I always want to be open with it. And, like, no one wants to go there. But, fortunately, you're always there. So, so I'm glad. Definitely. That's what I'm here for, man. I try. Like, I, I don't have the... I've gotten really good at, like... A sensor will go off in my brain. Should I say this? Uh oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. And I've gotten a lot better about that in the right settings, but on the podcast, it's all it's it's my world. You know, I feel like I can I can go there. So same thing with you, man. I appreciate you. Tell Laura I said hey and uh just have fun and stay safe in New York, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Love you, man.